Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of The Cheapest Meal, presented by Deep Fried Draft. This is our fifth episode since we've gone to Bog Talk Radio, and today's going to be a good one. We're uh, we're going to bring in now a very special guest. He is a member of the Pro Football Writers Association, formerly a writer for the Sports Bog Nation site Stampede Blue, and now a writer for the mothership Colts.com. He is Jake Arthur. Jake, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's a, always a pleasure to talk to somebody, especially uh, this is the first year, the first guest I've had on my podcast that I've never actually met. Uh, maybe you'll get down to the Senior Bowl one of these year, uh, years, or if you go now, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up. Yeah, it's been a couple of years for me. I'm hoping to get back down there next January. Yeah, it's uh, always a good time. Uh, it's right in my hometown, of course, so it's easy for me to get there. Uh, not so easy for everybody else, I believe. Uh, uh, Jake, so I got to ask you. I had some other questions, but I got to. Uh, I got to know how does it feel going uh, from the Sports Blog Nation going over to Colts.com? That's got to be a gr- uh, great feeling for you. Oh yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic. I mean, I've been working and you know furthering my career and kind of taking each step as it goes all the time. And I've just been fortunate enough to, you know, be in, in contact with some good people that have helped me along the way and have allowed me to get my work out there. And um, it's just exciting not only to finally get to one of the places that I wanted myself to get to, um, you know, in my career, but uh, people think my work is good enough for it to be on there. So really excited to get started. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so the first question I've got to ask you, and really it's the question that makes all the other questions I'm going to ask you irrelevant as far as the Colts go, but uh, how is Andrew Luck's health? Is he going to be 100% week one? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, everything is dependent on how Luck is doing. Um, so I, I'm sure, you know, he hasn't been throwing a football in practice and all that uh, good stuff, at least not out in front of the media. Uh, but uh, Coach Reich said that Luck is supposed to ramp up his progress uh, after minicamp uh, and then in, in between next week's minicamp and training camp at the end of July. So uh, whenever he does start throwing, we're not going to see it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see what he looks like when training camp starts. Hopefully he's throwing by then. Uh, but that does seem to be the next big step is him throwing. Right, because like I said, it, it, the, no matter what moves they've done in the off season, if Andrew Luck's not 100%, it's really not going to matter, is it? Uh, well, the, the good news is they do have Jacoby Brissett, who's got a season of you know starting experience under his belt. And things didn't go super smooth for him last year, but he also was thrown in after only being around for like a week and a half or two weeks. But now he's had an entire off season with a you know an offensive-minded head coach who's been a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so worst-case scenario, let's say Locke is not out there to begin the year. I do think that they'll 
they'll have an adequate offense still, I think, just because they, they're going to have a smart offensive-minded coaching staff and they're going to have a quarterback talent and experience. So regardless, I think they'll be fine. But, of course, you would like to have Andrew Luck be the guy out there. All right, we're a month and a half removed from the draft, but since it's kind of what I do, I'm going to talk about the draft. Uh, Colts, I thought they really tackled their needs uh, in the 18 draft class aggressively. I mean, they doubled up on guard, edge rusher, running back, wide receiver. They even drafted three linebackers. Uh, you like that strategy of doubling up on uh, positions? Uh, yeah, I really do. It's It maybe wasn't the sexiest draft, but this front office and coaching staff believes in building the roster from the inside out, you know, take care of the trenches first and then just start fortifying everything else around it. And that's definitely what they did. Um, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith were two of the best interior offensive linemen in the entire draft. And it just so happens they fit a position of need uh, for the Colts. And, you know, it, it allows the Colts the freedom to use some of their already existing linemen you know, they can kind of do a little bit more with them, you know, move them around, try them at tackle or try them at other spots. They've been doing a lot of uh, giving guys practice reps all over the line. So um, adding these couple guys as well as uh, free agent Matt Slauson in the offseason has really helped them uh, with their offensive line. And we'll see what it looks like once the preseason starts. It's kind of hard to gauge what, what the trenches look like in training camp just because there's not as much contact. Um, but yeah, on the defensive side of the ball as well, they really needed pass rushers. Uh, they got a couple of them in Kamoko Ture and, uh, Taekwon Lewis. I really like that Lewis can move inside and out. Uh, I think that'll be good for the Colts. We'll allow them to be a little exotic at times, depending on the situation. Uh, but then Darius Leonard as well at linebacker. That was one of my favorite linebackers in the whole draft. And he was the top linebacker for me available at the time. Uh, that they selected him. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I think he fits into their new defense really well. Yeah, you talked about Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, <clears throat> consider Quentin Nelson to be the safest pick in this draft class. Uh, they're joining Ryan Kelly, a guy who uh, everybody was con- unanimously the top center in the draft a couple of years ago. Uh, if Kelly's healthy, you've got to be excited about the interior line there. Oh, absolutely. And the the Colts are fortunate enough right now to where uh, they can be a little patient with Braden Smith because they do have a couple options at right guard on the other side of Kelly. Um, So they're in a really good spot right now in the interior. Like you said, uh, Quentin Nelson was the safest pick in the draft to me. Um, I I understood completely why he would be some people's top overall prospect if you weren't really in love with Saquon Barkley and how he would translate to the league. Um, Ryan Kelly, again, um, the top center prospect a couple years ago. His key is health, though. Um, dealt with some issues last year, but I, I don't know that he ever had the full opportunity to get healthy, so hopefully he's there now. Uh, I believe he's been a pretty regular full participant in practices so far, so I think everything is good there. He seems to be fully healed from his concussion that he had late last year. So, yep, everything's pretty much pointing up for, for the Colts on the interior line. Uh, but they've also got – they should also be good on the edges as well. You don't have to really worry about Anthony Costanzo much. And then they have a couple guys who can compete on the right side. Uh, they just signed Austin Howard a, a little bit back ago. 
Uh, they've also got Denzel Good and Joe Haig that could compete there. So they're actually going to be in a spot where they can let the best man win and not just, you know, have to throw a guy out there by default because they have to. They're actually going to have really good competition this year, which is something that we haven't seen from them in a while. Yeah, let's get back to the defense uh, right quick. You uh, you talked a little bit about Darius Leonard uh, earlier, and he's a guy I liked. I didn't like him at a 36 pick, but I liked Darius Leonard. I thought he had a great senior bowl. I actually liked uh, undrafted linebacker Sky Moore better than Darius Leonard. Now, I know you wrote up a big piece on Moore recently. It was great. Everybody go check that out. But uh, long term, do you think Sky Moore has a chance to make this roster and is, uh, can he compete, you know, for a, a roster spot there this year. Oh, yeah. Well, I like you. I was a pretty big fan of Sky Moore coming in, and he actually is uh, does appear to be impressing the coaching staff in, in uh, OTA so far. He's gotten some reps with the first team at Mike Linebacker. Um, now, mind you, the Colts have dealt with a little bit of injuries at, at Linebacker right now, and I think right now they're just trying to – get a taste of what everyone brings to the table. So they're bringing a lot of guys in and out, but it's led to more getting some reps with the first team uh, defense. And while you would have assumed he might've been a will linebacker, he's actually seeing plenty of time at Mike right now. Um, and he's turning heads. So I, I think he's definitely uh, put himself in a good position to make the team and he may even, you know, make their decision tough to where they want to give him defensive reps once the season starts if he does make the team. Yeah, he uh, he played Mike earlier in his career at South Carolina, and then he, uh, when Muschamp uh, came in, he kind of moved to more of the wheel role. But, I mean, you don't set or tie the school record for interceptions if you're not, you know, good in coverage. Uh, let's get some other draft picks. Colts drafted uh, two players I think uh, can add a lot of explosiveness to their offense. I like running back Naheem Hines from NC State, Northern Iowa wide receiver, Darius Fountain. Uh, how do you think those guys uh, fit in 2018? Uh, well, everyone seems to be a real big fan of, of Naheem Hines right now. Uh, you know, just because of the, the Frank Wright connection, a lot of people are kind of comparing Hines to um, Darren Sproles. I mean, that's natural. They're, they're kind of they've, – they've got some similar abilities. But, um, you know, all all reports out of OTAs and the off-season workouts and everything have been about how much Hines has the ball in his hands and they're moving him around everywhere. So they really seem to have a plan for him, and that plan appears to be that he's going to be getting the ball quite a bit uh, coming up in the season, as, as long as he continues doing his part this summer. Um, and then in terms of Doris Fountain, I think they're they're pretty big on him as well. Um, but the the news as far as rookie receivers goes has actually been more at uh, Deion Kane. He's been making some really good plays in practice lately. Um, he's done it with pretty much all of the quarterbacks that are out there. Of course, Luck hasn't been throwing, but Jacoby Brissett and uh, Philip Walker and Brad Kaya all have been. Um, so Kane is, is also kind of impressing in, in the way that he doesn't – a lot of these guys impress in practice, but they just have a connection with one quarterback. Kane has been really well and has connected with all of them. So he's turning a lot of heads as well. Yeah, I was surprised he actually fell to the sixth round. I thought he was more of a fourth-round guy. So that's a, that could end up being a very, uh, very big steal there for the Colts in this draft. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, – 
your rivals there in the AFC South, Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville, all seem like they're going to be uh, as good or better in 2018. Uh, a healthy Andrew Luck closes that gap. But uh, what else do you think the Colts can do to uh, catch up to those other three teams? Uh, well, the other teams in the division, whenever they're able to really put a hurting on the Colts, it's usually because of the push they get with their defensive lines. Uh, the Jaguars, for example, I think they had 10 sacks in the two teams' first meeting last year. Um, so the Colts have already done a really good job of addressing the offensive line. That should definitely help. Uh, like you said, Andrew Luck closes the gap tremendously. Uh, but there's also quite a few talented pass catchers um, all over the division. It, it's hard for anyone to have an answer for like DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but the Jaguars have a couple young studs. Uh, Tennessee, I, I think most of us expect Corey Davis to take the next step. Uh, so that's one thing is hopefully the Colts' young secondary, hopefully they're able to step up to the challenge with the, the rest of these pass catchers in the AFC South. You know, Quincy Wilson, really good player. Uh, Pierre Desir as well. But pretty much everyone who's going to be starting in the secondary for the Colts uh, while they all have talent and while they're they're all very promising, uh, they're pretty unproven for the most part. Uh, Clayton Gathers is the old man out there, but he's only been in the league a few years. He's dealt with injuries. Uh, Malik Hooker, I think everyone pretty much assumes Hooker's got Pro Bowl potential, but his season ended after, after I think, seven games last year. So we're going to have to see how the secondary steps up. Uh, they're going to have to do a lot of maturing um, in a hurry, not not mentally, but just as NFL players. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But we really need to make sure the secondary is able to handle the rest of the division. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the secondary. Uh, a couple of guys have entered the supplemental draft that uh, ra- rarely ever produces anything worthy of talent. But you got two guys this year, Adonis Alexander, uh, big 6'3 corner for Virginia Tech, and Sam Beal. Uh, corner from Western Michigan could uh, could actually go higher than normal in the supplemental draft. Those uh, those guys got any interest to you in the Colts? Uh, I would be interested in them if, if I were a decision maker uh, for the Colts, just because they they both fit the mold of what the Colts like to look for in defensive backs. Uh, both you know decent enough size and ball skills. Um, and with the Colts going to the Tampa too, it's going to involve a little more zone to where those players just kind of get to rely on their natural abilities to keep an eye on the ball and where the quarterback's going to go with it and then make plays on the ball. Um, Chris Ballard, he, you know, you don't see them acquire many players through trade, but this to him is, is basically it's going to be an extra draft, which that's what the supplemental draft is, but rarely do we see much ever come out of it. Uh, but I'm interested to see if, if Ballard will have much interest in this because he is a draft guy. He's not one someone who's going to go and throw money around in free agency. Uh, and we've only seen one full offseason out of him. Uh, so I guess we'll see if, if uh, they're able to hook him in with any of these intriguing guys. And, you know, the, he acquired 11 draft picks, I think it was 11, this draft, so I wouldn't be surprised for them to go ahead and pull the trigger on this. Now, what round it would be would be another question. Um, but, you know, a lot of teams, these two players make sense for a lot of teams, so wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts fall in line either. 
Well, I mean, you have to think you've got the extra two next year from the Jets trade, so maybe you can use a third, you know, one of these guys if you really like them. That's probably about as high as I think a team's going to be willing to spend. Yeah, I don't see anyone going too early. Um, well, Josh Gordon was the last kind of high pick in the supplemental draft. Is that right? I think he was maybe second yeah, to the Browns. Second round, year. second round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see that all yeah, too often. I, I think you're probably right. Where third is probably the richest the team would be willing to go. You know, funny funny thing, I, I was doing a little research on a – I wrote a little article up on the supplemental draft the other day, doing a little research on it, and in, in 19 – 90 supplemental draft and or is it 89 i can't remember anyway there was three three first round picks used in the supplemental draft all uh two on quarterbacks two on quarterbacks and one on a running back uh the cowboys took steve walsh the cardinals took tim rosenbaugh and the broncos took bobby humphrey running back from alabama and uh so and the, the, the first-round pick the Cowboys gave up, they eventually reacquired it in the Herschel Walker trade, drafted Emmett Smith. So there you go. It all worked out for them. Oh, yeah. Jimmy was willing to deal on that. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Jake, uh, tell everybody where they can find your uh, work. Uh, well, on social media, you can always find me at JakeArthurNFL. And uh, as of now, you can find me on Colts.com. I'm going to get started on uh, producing my content here next week, so keep an eye out there. Hey, I'm looking forward to reading uh, reading your work at Colts.com uh, this season. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you now, now that you're with the Colts, you'll get down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and we'll uh, we'll catch up, have lunch down there. Uh, Jake, hey, I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for taking your time out on this Saturday uh, to talk talk Colts on the cheapest meal. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me, and hopefully we can link up down there in Mobile. All right. Thanks a lot, Jake. That was Jake Arthur. He is a writer now for Colts.com. Jake uh, has previously done work for the Sports Block Nation site, Stampede Blue. And as he said, you can follow him on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. It was great hearing about the Colts, not a team that I I generally – talk about a lot but uh, I did like their draft for the most part um, I like their you know their strategy you know getting a lot of players in they had 11 draft picks I believe and uh, and including uh, they had some, a handful of undrafted guys I really liked especially Sky Moore the linebacker from South Carolina who Jake told you is uh, taking some first team reps in OTAs uh, due to some entries but uh, impressing the Colts defensive brass and that's all you can really ask for. Uh, don't know who the guest is going to be next week. Still kind of working through the kinks on that. But uh, you can go back and listen to all of our other episodes, uh, starting with uh, we had Pigskin Paul Gilmet from Great Blue North Report uh, talking draft and Packers and such. We had uh, Joe Everett from Draft Scouts and NFL Draft Bible uh, talking gambling and uh, as well as – some NFL draft. We talked some fantasy football and dynasty football with uh, Andy Miley of uh, DynastyBlitz.com and um, Fantasy Dynasty Trade Calculator. And last week we had Pete Smith on talking uh, all things Browns. And, uh, and this week Jake Arthur talking Colts. So we're going to work on a guest for next week. But uh, until then, everybody. 
follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Um, you can find all of my work at deepfrieddraft.com. You can download this podcast on iTunes as well as uh, Stitcher. Search the cheapest meal uh, to find those. You can also find uh, videos of mine at YouTube. Uh, search Deep Fried Draft for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next week. <laughs>